it's going down. Oh, Where's oh that? my god. Where's that? Oh Where's my. These? Oh shit. This is going to be Yo. fun to break down. What? Is he going oh, to eat baby. him? Holy oh Galactus. my god. Galactus vibes. Clear, <laughs> clear glass. Galactus Why does he need to right eat there? it? It's like a big wow. galaxy cheese Danish. Welcome back to New Rockstars. Marvel Studios' What If Episode 8, What If Ultron 1, finally shows us what an Age of Ultron would look like, and his Skynet party would have stopped at Earth had the Watcher stopped talking shit behind his back for a second. <laughs> Seriously, what, what to the, the if? if. <laughs> This is Inside Marvel. It's our after show for Marvel's What If on Disney+. Plus. I'm Eric Voss. My breakdown of all the Easter eggs you missed this episode is coming to the channel tomorrow. But right now, I'm here with MT. MT, thoughts? Bro, my mind is blown. Like, I, I'm honestly, like, out of all the crazy things that happened in this episode, it's literally that little Galactus Easter egg that got my mind blown. <laughs> yeah. like, this is the probably the most clearest, like, nod to the Fantastic Four that we've gotten other than, you know, that humongous... K, uh, Kang statue we got at the end of Loki, but I'm so excited. This was so cool. Yeah, I mean, as we've been suspecting throughout the series, it is not an anthology show. These things are all coming together. It's uh, it's not just like you could skip an episode. If you did yeah. skip an episode, you better go back and watch them all because little pieces, little tiny bite-sized <laughs> nuggets are going to be woven into the fabric of this series in the finale. It seems like we just watched uh, part one of a two-part finale, I would oh, say, yeah. right? Yes. Absolutely. Well, just to recap what happened, we start in a universe where Ultron successfully transfers his consciousness to Vision's body and mm. then successfully obliterates the Earth via nukes because that's the easiest way to do it. Skynet Seriously. could figure it out. Ultron hey, was right there. If we made the nukes for them, might as well use them, right? <laughs> right. It's almost um, pretty terrifying to see how close uh, the world got. I mean, we look back on Age of Ultron, right? And right. it happened... So fast. It mm -hmm. ended so quickly. The age <laughs> lasted about two hours, 15 minutes. And uh, yeah, that, that city of Sokovia crashing into the earth would have been devastating. But to right. see just had Helen Cho not pulled the plug on mm -hmm. that uh, transfer, man, oh man, we would have been in a world of trouble. I wish we could have seen her in this episode being the one to pull that plug. Right. But instead, like she stumbles, was like, oops, I can't reach it. Oh, nuts. <laughs> It's like, damn it. Well, I think even crazier this episode is Thanos arrives and just gets like sliced straight up <laughs> trunks, Dragon Ball Z style, yeah, hot dog Frieza, style. sliced yeah. in half. Amazing. Insanely <laughs> quick for someone with five out of the six infinity stones. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was because Thanos got those stones by creating, by my count, at least three plot holes. Uh, but don't worry. <laughs> Because those crazy what-if writers have totally justified explanations for how this happened that um, they're just going to leave it to the YouTube nerds to explain. But we'll That's have you covered. <laughs> we'll connect those dots, even if the show fails to do it. But hey, Ultron ends up acquiring those six Infinity Stones and then right. goes planet after planet. Smartly goes for Asgard first, because you know that's kind of like, that's where the power players are. If I can get yeah. them first before alerting them with other, like, I like how he goes to the Sovereign. Like, hey, you need to go to the Sovereign. <laughs> I want to get the snobs. Go to the snobs. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he goes to Xandar 
takes it out, despite the fighting spirit of a Captain Marvel mushing right. him down to the core of that planet. Right. I thought that was Nova for a second. Thought it was Nova for a quick second. Or, yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, ooh, who could this be? Oh, it's right? just Captain Marvel again. Okay. Uh, but then he senses a certain bald, chatty Kathy just on the other side of his shower stall sliding door. And, and it's not me this time. everything gets messed up. It's not empty this time. <laughs> Um, but, uh, then, meanwhile, Clint and Natasha find in Moscow the files of Arnim Zola, MT! The Zola handcar has arrived! Zola! 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 We got there! One way or another, we got there. Um, and then they end up downloading Zola's AI from that Siberian Hydra base that we saw in Civil War and plug it into an Ultron Sentry, and Clint ends up sacrificing himself, Natasha, in Endgame style. Just just let me go. Just let me go. But then, what? That was some awesome-looking art, by Such the way. Such a cool... Like, that reminded me of that... mid-air turns like anybody. Right? That reminded me of that sequence with uh, Valkyrie when she's, like, having that flashback. Ooh, like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, with the cool battle. light just spinning around. So cool. Places. Now, then, when uh, Ultron faces Watu the Watcher in, like, mm. his uh, fun Matrix hallway, it seems like, a little <laughs> bit. Like, the Key Masters hallway. Um, right. Just kind of this weird Nexus gateway uh, zone. Crystal and, hallway. <laughs> yeah. The Watcher freaking armors up. <laughs> Seriously. Awesome I, I love it. I, I think that's, like, his uh, original OG armor from the comics. Yeah. Or something like, I love the get up. I was like, oh, shoot. He's about to throw some hands. I don't think I've he ever seen the Watcher fight. Like, that's just. I know. I know. It's amazing. The guy <laughs> has been training. Uh, and they just kind of tumble through, you know, get, uh, universe after universe until mm. Ultra just completely chomps down on a galaxy like our right. man Galactus. Galactus. How exciting style. is that? Oh Delicious. man, he, even the way his helmet kind of looked almost kind of evoked right? the, the Galactus purposeful. antlers. Purposeful. And then at this point, they pass through a reality where it looks like Steve Rogers has taken the oath of office to become president. Mm. Let's spend a bit of time there. Uh, right? That was exciting to see. <laughs> and then, right when Ultron is about to crack that egghead, the Watcher flees and goes back into that purple prism reality where Strange Supreme was left sobbing and begrudgingly asks the guy for help. And that's where we leave off going into what's probably going to be the second half of this story. So where does that leave us heading into the finale? Is Ultron the most powerful being we have seen in the MCU yet? What will be the Watcher's plan to take him down? And if Ultron can't be killed in the traditional sense, how could the strategy against him end up breaking the MCU in a particular way to set up Multiverse of Madness? That will be what we talk about this episode. But before we get to that, you are running out of time to grab a What If Latest Obsession shirt at NewRockStarsMerch.com, uh, as uh, MT and I are wearing right now. Man, oh man, I have loved seeing The Watcher become the star of this series. And like every <laughs> week, I have a new appreciation of seeing right. him on both of our bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted The Watcher on my body, but after this episode, uh, uh -huh. I want him all over my body, Eric. I want my body on his body. I mean, oh. that guy... <laughs> He's got some fighting spirit. Right. Um, but as this show is winding down, so does the availability of our limited supply shirt. There's right. also a new Venom-inspired shirt dropping to coincide with the release of Venom Let There Be Carnage this weekend. So keep an eye out for that. It's going to be amazing. And if you get the Shang-Chi latest obsession shirt or the What If latest obsession shirt, you will get the option to leave in a custom shout-out that runs at uh, the bottom of the screen of Inside Marvel. Let's see. We have Morgan who asks, do you think that Ultravision and Zombie Thanos will team up or face off in a future What If episode? Mm. I think it's possible we could see these two run into each other next week. 
Uh, right. I, I have some theories on that that I'll get to. Yeah, I think more for me. I think more face off than team up because Ultron yeah. seems very laser focused. Yeah, he he doesn't. He's not a team player. This yeah, guy yeah. takes it all on himself. <laughs> doesn't know how to delegate. Um, exactly. But well, he's got sentries, but that's not really delegation. More like that's all him. Control. <laughs> yeah, it's still just him. Um, Christina says, "Could Uncle Ben's death be an absolute point?" Mm. That's interesting because you know. Uncle Ben always dies, so right. it's like no matter what incarnation. Yeah, I could see that being. No, the I, case. I do like that, Christina, because like just real quick, that like in the comics, Peter Parker was made by the Cosmos by Lord Chaos and Master Order. So it could be actually in Marvel that Uncle Ben's death is an absolute point that has to right. happen throughout every reality. So that's really interesting. I like that, Christina. Uh, and then Marcus poses, "What if New Rockstars wasn't a channel?" Ooh, what? That's the uh, that's a dark timeline, Marcus. I, yeah, I think in my case, I would just be one of those babbling uh, bonkers yahoos on the corner just screaming about how everything's all connected. <laughs> just, you gotta watch the movies. They're, they're telling us where it's going. The world's gonna end tomorrow. Ultron, the singularity is afoot. It's afoot! You're dragging me away. That's, just, that's uh, what... Yeah, if I don't have this You just job. described my Twitter, Eric. That's literally just what my Twitter is. Uh, so... <laughs> All right, MT, what's our big question heading out of this episode and into the Well, Eric, episode? what if Ultron can't be killed? Yeah, I think that's kind of how we have to frame this at this point, because he yeah. is the most powerful character we have seen in the MCU so far. Even yes. more powerful, than, obviously, than Thanos, because he kills Thanos immediately <laughs> using only the Mind Stone, which it seems insane that just Ooh. with the use of the mind stone he can just laser this guy in half seriously uh, but like but it I makes think, sense yeah it all yeah it makes sense if you consider the fact that thanos was probably caught off guard a bit in that moment and mm -hmm. the guy had not fully adjusted to using his five infinity stones to their fullest where compare mm -hmm. his mind without the stones to ultron without the stones ultron has like a hundred percent efficiency in mm -hmm. like vision now that he is connected with <laughs> what the body for vision was going to be right. so that kind of gives him just like immediate mastery over any weapon at his disposal whereas thanos is kind of like blinded by whatever his sentiments are of bringing balance to the universe of of you know wanting to try to snap in this particular way that half of all life dusts at, in a random coin flip style this kind of weird eco-terrorist malthusian sentiment <laughs> like ultron doesn't think that way he's just like that like it's almost more surprising that ultron just doesn't snap everything dead the way uh uh thanos said he was going to in the battle of earth on endgame right right um but I think Ultron just wants to be sure. He doesn't want to snap. He wants to go planet by planet and make sure that it's it's gone. <laughs> right. But I think ultimately we can conclude that Ultron with the six Infinity Stones is terrifying. Thanos you can almost sympathize with because he saw his home planet suffer under right. overpopulation, overconsumption, those kind of things. He's a psychopath, but you see where he's coming from. Whereas... Right. Ultron has not a shred of humanity in him. Yeah. And that makes him kind of terrifying. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, he's literally yeah. a rogue program. Like, just like, all right, like, I need to, like, change the universe in a way that I feel like is the most efficient. So, therefore, like, he just, he, even, he probably has an even a more unstoppable will than Thanos did because he's purely code. So, yeah, like, like you said, like, Thanos was more, he did have some type of more humane, um, goodness in his intentions even though they were super messed up but like ultron is just straight up just wipe everyone out just 
It's no yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, when we've done rewatches of Age of Ultron, <laughs> one interesting point is that Ultron seems to have some daddy issues with Tony Stark. You know, oh, that seems to be kind of that point of pride of mm -hmm. Tony Stark having invented him uh, and that eating away at him seems to be his weakness, you know? Um, but that doesn't seem to be holding him back here, especially the fact that he kills Tony Stark, which, by the way, every episode of What If or Tony Stark appears, <laughs> the guy cannot make it out alive. Can't I actually think there's work. a reason for that. I have a video mm. in the works that will come out in a couple days about that. But um, but talking about Ultron here, um, the Watcher says that Ultron ascended to a previously unattainable level of consciousness. And I think that's mm. his, his code for this guy is a Nexus being. Ooh, uh sure. i think it's he's gotta be <laughs> yeah the the watcher is even trumped by his abilities like he can't keep up with him yeah and and i think that's why he goes to strange supreme at the end of the episode is because strange supreme was the one other character to kind of turn around and be like what the hell who's talking it's like who, who is talking what <laughs> Um, but unlike uh, Strange Supreme, Ultron managed to break past the barrier of reality into the Watcher's weird domain and then bypass the multiverse's boundaries without really breaking a sweat. Yeah. So, yeah, he is a Nexus being, and he's more powerful than the Watcher, even after the Watcher suited up in his combat armor. Uh, and I think that, we mentioned this, this shot of Ultron biting down on the galaxy. Yeah, a direct homage to Galactus, Devourer mm. of Worlds. And, you know, depending on the comics, we don't even see Galactus actually bite into these planets like pastries. He, uh, <laughs> he consumes their life force because he's kind of this, like, um, universal custodian. And he goes right. to, like, dying planets and he just kind of is like, eh, this is kind of just taking him space. And then all this. Okay, great, 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 great. But they use this imagery of his teeth chomping down to terrify us of his might and his power. And his and very think, strong uh, dental hygiene. Yeah, very good teeth. Yeah, I know. That guy flosses. Good on you. <laughs> and I think it's a signal to us that this version of Ultron actually cannot be killed. I think that's what we're going to find next episode. Even um, uh, Black Widow, Natasha, said this episode that code is slippery. You know, you can't fully eradicate code. Even after seeing Ultron die in the movie Age of Ultron, we've had theories every month since that Ultron could still be blinking on a screen somewhere. His, yes. his sentience, his consciousness still alive in, in the drone head that Peter Parker picked up in Homecoming or, or on some other college dorm room computer screen where Riri Williams is like, hmm, should I open this attachment? Mm, big mistake. Um, but... <laughs> So what does the Watcher hope to accomplish by enlisting the help of Strange Supreme? Like, clearly he reached out to him because he's like, oh, I know of another person who kind of ascended to this uh, power, but I don't think Strange will be enough. We know from trailer footage that other past characters will return, including Captain Carter and Party Thor, Starler, Quill, after, I guess, he's met, hung out with his dad, Ego, as well as Black Widow coming out of this episode. I think Natasha will try to use the Zola Sentry uh, to destabilize Ultron's hive mind over his centuries to kind of give them uh, a leg up on that front. But I think to get the original Ultron king uh, himself, they're going to have to maybe use elements of the zombie-infected universe. Like, you know, mm. Party Thor and Strange Supreme talk about zombies right. in the trailer shot we've mentioned before. Right. Uh, the Watcher called Ultron's threat hunger, a hunger, which was interesting mm. to me because that's the name given to the virus in the Marvel Zombies comics. So I think they're going to unleash zombie Thanos with his stones as a chaotic threat against Ultron, hoping it will knock him out. But ultimately, I don't think Ultron will ever truly be killed. But instead, I think his spread across the multiverse will have to be stopped by scrambling the multiverse into something impossible to navigate efficiently the way Ultron has, something constantly in motion, 
broken shards constantly spiraling out of control like each episode's opening credits. I think that imagery has been telling us the way the multiverse is going to be left at the end of all this. Just broken triangular shards where Ultron cannot possibly see which one to go to next. And it's just, like, the, the multiverse has already all, always been there, but what makes it a multiverse of madness is just making it so hard to navigate for Ultron to basically right. neutralize him from truly ever mastering it. That's just where I think things are going to be left up because I don't see what if season one ending by, you know, both destroying the Ultron threat and restoring the multiverse to its oh, stable no. status quo. Well. No. Yeah, the next Marvel titles <laughs> are going to be how broken the multiverse is, and I think they're going to show us visually how they get there. Hi everybody, I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely, we're not gonna talk too much about what people do, we just wanna know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting, if they have kids, what shapes their marriages, if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast, your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. I really do love that. If you kind of just leave Ultron just like lost in the multiverse sauce, if you will. Yeah, it's like how do you um how do you kill an unkillable uh, thing? It's like you don't, you just contain it. So right. like any threat that's a force of nature, ultimately you can't truly eradicate it, something yeah. like that, but you can try to contain it. Uh, like, General Zod in the Phantom Zone style. Like, ah! <laughs> ah! Damn! No, for real. And, like, what's really scary about this scenario is that, like, in Age of Ultron, we see that uh, Tony and um, Jarvis are, like, working together, in, like, or, or um, Vision, rather. Well, I, sort of Jarvis. Are working together to keep Ultron away from the internet so he can't spread and just be a permanent, like, stain on humanity and just, like, take over everything. But now we have literally... Ultron in the nexus of literally everything, the multiverse, like everything. And right. so like he could spread or he could have already put seeds of himself in other realities, in other computers and other realities. Just mm -hmm. so like we could just literally have a permanent Ultron problem in the Marvel multiverse now, which is really interesting. And I would say like uh, we already have theoretically had Ultron existing somewhere, but now we just get to see him as an active threat, which is so exciting. I think yes. the multiverse is a much better place with Ultron in it, as opposed to Ultron defeated. You know, mm -hmm. like, I, I've always loved this idea that we might have always been living in the age of Ultron, and to see it in this episode is so exciting. I want that to always be theoretically true in the MCU, but I don't want it to be so true that every title we see is, uh, like, Ultron is a threat. In the same way that I don't <laughs> want Kang to be in every MCU title, you know? Mm. But, like, I want him to be so omnipresent that... If things align a certain way, yeah, Kang's going to show up. Uh, Ultron's going to show up. Like, these villains should always, in the way that they do in the comics, these villains should always kind of be a possible threat so right. that if a story would be great for them to show up in, they can just show up. As opposed to you have to come up with some excuse how they resurrected, you know? I agree. 
Major agree. <laughs> um, well, we have some more things to talk about coming out of this episode. First, we want to thank our friends at Audible for sponsoring this episode. Our friends at Audible would like to remind you to listen to The Sandman Act 2 on Audible right now. The next part to the number one New York Times bestseller, The Sandman, is available for your listening pleasures. Enter the dreaming again and journey into a world of myths, imagination, and terror based on the DC graphic novels written by Neil Gaiman. The epic voice cast is led by James McAvoy as Morpheus, Lord of Dreams, and also includes Brian Cox, Kat Dennings, John Lithgow, Jeffrey Wright, our man, uh, and so many more. The blockbuster audio adaptation of the greatest epic in the history of comic books continues and expands into the French Revolution, ancient Rome, 19th century San Francisco, 8th century Baghdad, and beyond. It's never only a dream. Go to audible.com slash dreaming and listen now. We also want to thank DoorDash for sponsoring this episode. If you find yourself ordering with DoorDash more than twice per month, you really should sign up for Dash Pass. It's the easiest way to save money on what you're already eating. Dash Pass is a membership that offers unlimited $0 delivery fees from thousands of restaurants, grocery stores, and convenience stores. With your membership, you can save an average of $4 to $5 on each order you place for delivery or pickup. On average, Dash Pass pays for itself when you order twice a month. With over 18,000 restaurants eligible for Dash Pass, you may even find a new favorite restaurant. DoorDash has so much more than just restaurants, including flowers, pet supplies, groceries, whatever you're using DoorDash for, additional savings, await you with unlimited $0 delivery fees with DashPass. Try a free month of DashPass now and start saving. Start or stop your membership anytime after the free trial ends. And if you're ready to save money on your DoorDash orders, DoorDash is offering a free month for DashPass right now. So stop spending money on delivery fees. Try DashPass from DoorDash today for free. When you've got zero delivery fees, you are free to get even more because you can. Start your free month today. And we want to thank Cuts Clothing for sponsoring this episode. When it comes to clothing, you want to blend timeless style and comfort so that you can look as good as you feel. And for that, there is Cuts Clothing. They have taken the men's fashion staple of the plain tee and refined it, combining premium quality with a minimalist aesthetic. They took a plain tee, but they made it Tony Stark. The bleeding edge of fabric technology meets the man confident enough to wear it. Cuts founder Steve Borelli reinvented the t-shirt, making what GQ magazine calls the only shirt worth wearing. Cuts shirts, polos, hoodies, and crew sweatshirts are made for the man who works hard, plays hard, and never settles for less. They've developed Hyperloop French Terry fabric for their hoodie, a textile that's temperature controlled and ageless. You certainly won't want to take it off. Cuts is premium with a purpose. Each piece of clothing is designed with custom engineered fabric, expertly graded for the perfect fit, arming you for every challenge and opportunity. It's not just a lifestyle, it's not just clothing, it's office leisure apparel for the sport of business. Get 50% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash WandaVision. I know it's a title from uh, about a year ago, but we still love it so much that we're using it in the URL. So again, that's cutsclothing.com slash WandaVision for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. All right, back to this What If episode. MT, what if... Thanos acquired the first five Infinity Stones differently. Let's talk about how he got those stones. It seemed to happen real fast. What what was your reaction to that moment, seeing him with the stones? Do you think there should have been more of a fight? No, I do like that there wasn't much of a fight because it mm-hmm. shows the difference between Ultron Vision and our Vision because Vision was distracted by his love for Wanda during mm. Infinity War and like him not wanting to go and like dealing with that. Whereas Ultron is just more like efficient, like, hmm, that's five more of what I've got. 
So he just eliminates the competition. He's like, this is really interesting. He's not even thinking about Thanos. He's like, oh, hello, delivery boy. Thank you. And then he just takes the rocks. So he really does. Like, he goes, hmm, interesting. I yeah. want your things. <laughs> um, I think it happens so fast. Uh, it's just another example of this show just saying, oh, here are the Infinity Stones. And I don't think anyone who works on the show has like a full understanding of where these stones are at any given point in history and how complicated it is now that they show up. Maybe they're right. Maybe like viewers don't really care about how a character got all the stones. But you could justify this as like ripple effects of Ultron conquering the Earth, just, you know, upsetting the galaxy in, in weird ways. Like the problem is that in order to get the Soul Stone, Thanos would have had to sacrifice someone on Vormir or someone else would have had to sacrifice someone on Vormir. And this episode goes to the trouble of showing us Gamora still alive when they go to the Sovereign. And then he has the Power Stone, but at this point point in the timeline during age of ultron the power stone was locked away on xandar fine he could have gotten it but xandar is totally fine when ultron goes there to wipe it out he has the time stone but i guess maybe off screen after new york got nuked the sorcerer could have been like eh, yeah sure take take the time stone i, I don't know mm. like i feel like the sorcerer would have withstood a nuke something about the sorcerer's enchantments they i feel like they could have bypassed whatever happened there um, mm. Or maybe use the time stone to unwind the nuke. I don't know. The time stone <laughs> is kind of a, a plot hole in and of itself. But I think the way this could have worked is that maybe Gamora sacrificed Nebula in order to get the soul stone to keep it from Thanos after Thanos seeing that Earth was being wiped out uh, and that Thor specifically was killed by Ultron during those battles, Thanos is like, ooh, here's my shot. I'm going to start gathering these stones. And it just happened real fast off screen. Uh, and that Thanos maybe got to that power stone without having to destroy all of Xandar. Uh, and then from there, he was able to get it from Gamora. Maybe Gamora had already given it to him. I think ultimately, again, the show's writers, and I'm... I. We're probably overthinking it. I, I can forgive the show of this because they do so many other cool things. Like, I love the fact that, you know, Ultron goes to Xandar and we get to see him wipe out the Sovereign. That he, I love how he just quickly gets those stones and powers up. It's such like a terrifying moment that I'm right. not honestly thinking about the logic of it. But this is also a show that, like, really does pay off people who, like, are acutely aware of the details of the MCU. Like the fact that the right. watcher goes, aha, that moment. And it was a specific line from Peggy Carter in the first Cat movie. Like I just, I think the answers to these questions are really interesting. And I just wish to show, would just do a little bit just to show us how like the consequences of Ultron conquering Earth and, and killing the Avengers uh, could have led to these other things to where Thanos has an easier path to get the other five stones. Um, and the fact that they can show Gamora fighting alongside Peter Quill on, on the Sovereign makes you think like, oh, they can do that. Like they can take those steps to explain how these things exist or just not include Gamora, you know, in that right. shot. Uh, <laughs> it's like they're creating their own plot holes, just saying like, don't think about it. Don't care. But like the show works better when you do think about it, when you right. do appreciate the finer details of the MCU and show how like this show alters it in little ways, because it's the, 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 the key character of the show is the watcher you know it's someone who obsessively watches every little moment <laughs> in the mcu how can you say like, like don't think creep. about it that much no like for real i think like I, I i am just chalking this up to like this is probably the season one like we're just gonna we're just getting our our bearings here and like maybe season two like they'll be it'll be more refined but like yeah it, it, it would be a lot cooler 
if they just went through those like the the steps like and it wouldn't really take that long just be like hey just show a couple frames like here here's how this happened he here's how he got these stones and like really honestly wouldn't even have simple fix don't include gamora on the sovereign show xandar already wrecked when ultron gets there there you it's go. so easy. It could just be smoking. You see a couple Chitari Leviathans floating away. We get it. That would have been enough. You're already taking the time to draw Xandar. Just make it have right. some plumes of smoke over hey, it. Hey, and since it's Disney Plus, just just uh, just take it out, put it, just replace it. You know, you can just easily edit that in. Easy, yeah, easy. and I know some people are saying like, look, it's an animated show for for kids, and you're right, it is. Don't think that hard about it. But the theme of this show is appreciate the details. Notice the little moments. Stop and smell the roses. That is what What If is all about, is to pontificate on the implications of the tiny little alterations. And when the show is good, it does that. It does that extra homework to be like, well, you know, Christine Palmer might have been an absolute point. Well, uh, Doctor Strange probably would go too far with it. And then he would absorb some crazy little elves from other dimensions, you know? <laughs> like, they do such a good job of this often throughout the series. They're capable mm. of doing it. I just want them to follow through in these other moments just to, like, pay it off. Just to, you know, I, I don't think it would be that much harder to do. And I don't know why they don't. But I'm still enjoying the show. I'm not hating on this show. Mm. I'm just... Showing, like, I want us all to be careful observers of this so that when they do things well, we're there to cheer them on. And we're there to tell others this is why it's worth watching these things carefully. Because there's so many right. reasons to love what's there. I feel you, bro. I feel you. Yeah, I feel like I kind of rambled too much. And people are going to be like, why is Voss hating on what if? It's perfect. It doesn't have anything wrong with it. Shut up. Stop why hating on Voss it. Why hate Marvel? Just watch the breakdown, you jerks. I'm going to give you like 80 reasons why this show is perfect and wonderful and doesn't ever do anything wrong. Anyway, uh, MT, I wanted to ask you. So we had Zola show up right. this episode. I'm so excited. Anytime Toby Jones comes back, I love this character. I love him even more when he's a disembodied computer face. So the fact that he was in that Siberian base, and this is an example of right. something like, think of a little bit further about this. His mm -hmm. presence was still in that Siberian uh, base from Hydra that we saw in Civil War, the same exact one, was he a witness to the events of Captain America's Civil War when Bucky, Tony, and Steve were down there fighting? Could he have played a role in that? 100%. Like, I think that's the implication here. And, like, that's one of the biggest reveals for me in this episode is that Zola has multiple copies of him, potentially, in different locations in, um, around the world. And so I think that either Zola was watching Tony and, and Steve and Bucky just go hand to hand and not saying anything. Or maybe when um, Zemo first arrived there, him and Zola had a conversation because Zemo got there first and he was to, to kill all the uh, Winter Soldiers. So either Zemo has um, either killed Zola or has Zola somewhere else. But like, I, I feel like Zola and Zemo had a conversation and, and like Zola could very well still be a player within the MCU because Zola is a big Captain America villain. He, Zola and Red Skull pretty much go hand in hand a lot of the time. So yeah. I feel like this is the Marvel, Marvel Studios way of being like, yeah, you saw Zola die in, in Winter Soldier, but that was just one Zola. So sort of prepping us for potentially a Zola return for Cap 4 with Sam Wilson.
So, yeah, and I feel like we're back in our uh, after shows for Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? And we were on the Zola train or Zola <laughs> right. hand car. And at one point, I believe we had a theory that maybe Zemo could have been uh, working with Zola or Red Skull. Mm. Or maybe Zola was carrying out Red Skull's vision, you know, as we yes. know. Um, mm -hmm. That, that uh, Zola could have been his silent partner. Because it was that weird moment where Zemo had his, like, Batcave garage with all of his fancy oh, yes. cars. And <laughs> it seemed to pose this question of, like, what is Zemo's back? Is he just rich and that's it mm. like what is his history <laughs> to all this and it just reminded me of the fanciness of uh of, of schmidt of johann schmidt and red skull mm. and i was wondering if there's some connection there but i think it's clear that the mcu is saying here that zola was there in that room and i wonder if like the way that uh, zemo could have like synced up that clip for Tony Stark to see his parents getting killed by the Winter Soldier, that if Zola could have helped out with that, that Zola could have like mm. manipulated them. I, I still believe that Bucky obviously killed Howard and Maria, but just like, it just felt like it's interesting when someone just has like an AV club technician ready to go to sing stuff up. <laughs> right. The way like Killmonger's like, ah, exhibit A, you know, in episode six. Uh, or or what was it? Oh, in Loki, how like Sylvie had like the perfect audio queued up at the Ren Fair. Like, right. how, who are these people? There's, there's some guy who, who's really good with, like, sound mixers who's like, no, you're going to need to stand here. Let's do a sound check, check, check. That's why we got to support IATSE. These are the people who help make Hollywood magical, and I support them 100%. And if they want to go on strike, power to you guys. Get what's yours. Um, yeah. But you need a technician at the end of the day. And I feel like Zola could have played that role for Zemo to, to drive a wedge between the Avengers in that moment. I just love the idea that like Ultron, Zola's always on a blinking cursor somewhere. <laughs> no, I do love, and like, I also love the, the fact that Zola is in an Ultron bot and like has, is, yes. he's now sort of partly connected to the Ultron being. Cause like, uh -huh, I feel uh -huh. like by the end of the finale, Zola's gonna make a power play. Like, Zola is a little conniving, little, like, mischievous man. So he's gonna try to, I think that he's gonna try to take over Ultron Vision and use the power, I mean, not the power stone, and use the space stone, like we saw in episode mm. one with Red Skull, to try to maybe, like, communicate with a Red Skull who's also using the space stone in his reality to, like, team up again. Because, like, he's all about that Hydra mission. And he's probably gonna look for a Red Skull, or maybe even... Um, our Red Skull from our dimension mm. because that man's not doing anything. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, they got Ross Marquand to voice Ultron this episode. Uh, I would love mm. to see Red Skull come back. Uh, I know oh, he's he, got he it then. voice Red Skull, but uh, like just seeing him die too soon in that first episode, I, I would love to see more of this character. You know? Oh yeah, um, he's definitely got to come back. But I wanted to ask you finally, MT, what if the Watcher lives in like some other dimensional reality mm. that we haven't gotten an ant or gotten any kind of definition of yet where do you think the watcher lives what is that space i think the little crystalline area and i sort of went into it in a previous video i did on the uh the spell from from, Far from yeah, yeah yeah that's a great video oh thank you i think that that's just like the representation of the multiverse because if you remember from that that sequence in dr strange one when he busts out of like the crystals thing and goes into a weird crystal world i think uh -huh. each of those crystals is a multiverse like i think the crystal or is a different universe of, or a different multiverse like is well, it, it a different, maybe like a different bundle of multiverses because it's now it's we're getting even bigger. A bundle of I, multiverses, a bundle empty. of multiverses. Like it's it's very complicated because he goes into uh, Dormammu's universe, which is a dark a dark universe. So I think there there's a dark dark bundle of multiverses. 
like a dark multiverses of different Dormammus. I don't know. There's, it's weird. We're on a different scale it's than a, my, than my brain can fathom. But so, I, I like the idea that it yes. is just that those shards is the multiversal gateway point. Yeah, and each think, of those shards represents a different universe. Yeah, but a not a multiverse or a bundle of multiverses. I I can't understand. I can't follow. Yeah, that here. that is a lot. That is a lot there. So like, it, it I I think that a different universe makes a lot more sense. And like, I do I do say that in the video. But like, I I just I don't know. I just think that the concept of the multiverse and like, yeah, it's just very confusing. Sorry, just you can, it feels like know. a hat on a hat. Um, <laughs> but really I think it's like we'll just see how much they want to try to blow our minds with this. But I think yeah. you're onto something. I think he is kind of in this weird crystalline space that mm -hmm. is just kind of like a nexus point in the way that in a timeline how in the quantum realm the avengers were able to go down different pathways but yeah. whereas those refer to different pathways along a specific timeline these right. uh crystal shards represent maybe like uh different doorways to different universes Ooh. and or i guess windows really because he's kind of like he does like a swipe right swipe left in this yeah. episode right yeah it's, it seems like someone who's like wiping the fog off of a off of a right. shower stall glass door so he can You're see like, better oh, yeah. like, huh, ultra oh it's the age of ultra oh shit <laughs> <laughs> Well, we will leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. What a fascinating half hour of television. MT, I very so much good. enjoyed so discussing good. this with you. And MT and I will be back next Wednesday with our reaction to the What If Season 1 finale. I'm so excited. It'll be a doozy. Yeah, this is uh, taking such an interesting turn this season. And don't forget to check out our many great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching. And we will close with our favorite moment of the episode. Fascinating. 